We're in uh, Luke chapter 5, and we're just taking the, the next, the, the next uh, event that happens in Jesus' life. And it's a familiar story. In fact, I did it at chapel uh, this week. Uh, the reason I did it at chapel this week was I was already working on it. I'm like, there's a good, there's a good point. And, and I'll read you the, the whole story, but I'm only going to talk about half the story uh, because every time I every time I read this, I'm always struck by what happened, n- not the healing of the man, but what happened before that. And so it's uh, we're in Luke chapter five, uh, verse seventeen is where it starts, and it says this. Uh, this is the whole part, and I'm I'm only going to uh, read the part that's or only going to talk about the part seventeen to twenty. It says one day Jesus was teaching. And the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. And they had come from every village of Galilee, from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to make it, take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When, when they could not find a way to do it, do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof, and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. Now the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Busted. Uh, which is which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he was lying on, and went home praising God. <laughs> Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. And they were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Isn't that awesome? Love it. It it really is an incredible story. I mean, now I have to take you into the land because uh, not so much the conflict. Now, Jesus was establishing his authority before all all the people there. That's, That's the main part of the story. But the part that always catches me is these guys bringing their friend to Jesus. And, uh, you know, we've been, uh, last week we talked about uh, spending time with the Lord, getting away with the Lord. And and so I I decided I would practice that being a person that listens to my own messages. And so I'm spending time with the Lord, and I I come across this verse, and, and it says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then... I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And I meditated on that, and I journaled on it, and I was just struck with, you know, you have to ask the question, am I living (laughs) the life worthy of the calling I've received? Now, there have been times in my life, and we've talked about this concept uh, a bunch uh, with, with all of us. Uh, we talked about the calling a couple weeks ago of the, of the disciples, that we have this incredible calling. Jesus didn't just save us so that we could sit here and listen to me. 
You okay with that? <laughs> In fact, you know, it's, it's been the angst of my life, my whole life, is how do you, know, how do you continue to, to flip the church so that it's out there and not in here, because in here, we're very comfortable, and we're generally, you know, as cold as it is, we're comfort- comfortably numb this morning. Uh, but in, in general, as, as good, uh, you know, as good United States people, we're, we're, we're mostly comfortable. Are you guys comfortable? I mean, I know these chairs are hard, but, you know, we're mostly comfortable, and most of our life is about comfort. When... What Jesus calls us to is our calling, and our calling means stepping outside our comfort zone, right? <laughs> That's what Hector was like, oh, I don't want to talk to this guy, and oh, now I'm talking to the guy, now I don't want to go online. It's like, you know, can somebody else take care of all the problems of the world? Please? Can we just somebody else do it? And Jesus says, it's on you. I mean, you me. It's on, it's on me. Now, I always comfort myself uh, that I've done a few things. I've fed some homeless people. I used to work at a soup kitchen. I, 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 I worked at a soup kitchen. We, we, we fed hundreds of people. And, you know, very noble. You know, Jesus, Jesus is, you know, I, I, I've got some trophies, you know. I've got the fed the homeless trophy, uh, you know. And, and, and that, that's that's cool, and it is part of my story, and it is cool. But there's still other people to reach, and that's the problem. Is that I think when we're first uh, engaged with our salvation in Christ, we, we're like, man, we're, we're we're doing this, and then as we grow older in the Lord, we're like, well, you know, I can give you this much. I got ten minutes on Tuesday, <laughs> you know. It's like, oh, if I see a homeless man, he's right in front of me, and I do have five dollars hanging out of my pocket, then I'm good. But actually, what happens in the story is completely different. So, um, another thing that came to my mind when I was reading this was that in, the, in John, it says that Jesus did many other things. There was a lot of stories of Jesus. And part of it's our story. You know, it says that if, if all the things that Jesus did were written in a book, uh, the whole world would be filled with volumes. That's a lot of stuff. But then in John 14, it says that truly, whoever believes in me will do works, the works that I do, and will even do greater works and more works, greater in scope and even, even more amazing. And I, and I read those, and those things come to my mind as I read this, and I'm like, I don't think the greater works are getting done. But we have opportunity. We have amazing opportunity. Now, you're all thinking one of two things like I do. It's like, well, Lord, you know, I've done pretty good. Or, Lord, I could have done more. Or, you know, you can get down. Anybody can get down on yourself. You're like, oh, you know. And that's where I want, want to always, just, it's being led by the Spirit. You know, like last night, Hector and Blanco were led by the Spirit. You know, it's, it's, where, they, it's where they are. But I was actually, after I was, I was, Thinking about this verse, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you received. Uh, I started to dream a little bit. What could happen if I started dreaming again about the calling? Now, uh, let me get to my first point. 
These guys, these, uh, it says in Mark that there was four of them. It doesn't say it in Matthew and Luke, um, but there's four guys. And can you, imagine, uh, can you imagine what they were thinking before they took this guy? They hear that Jesus is in town. Jesus is in town. There's this guy, and we don't know who he is. It's like, you know, we don't know who this fellow is. I like, the, like that word, that fellow. There's a fellow out there, and, I, and he's healing people. And they're like, well, you know, Jim, he's just been laying here for like 10 years. <laughs> Maybe we should take Jim and, and, and take him there. And they're thinking, what, what, what if this guy can heal him? And, and they started getting excited about the opportunity to go there. And so they pick him up, and, you know, I don't, I don't know. You know, people who are paralyzed are heavy. Sounded like work. And they're thinking, oh, man, i got to wait in line for 20 minutes. You know, and, and there was no healing. I, said, I love Thank you for telling us your story. Because it, it's the way we all, we all think. It's like, yeah, I would do that. But uh, when I think about Jim's gained a lot of weight since he's been laying there for 10 years, you know, or his whole life. I don't know. You know, I don't know what they're thinking, but they weren't thinking that. They were thinking, we love people, our people, so much that we got to get them to Jesus. And so they, they, they get to the house, and what happens? They get stuck. It's like, oh, man, the line, 20 minutes. They'll be out of salsa by then. <laughs> like, I, I can't do this. I'm done. And, and that's what happens when we don't express our faith. You know, we're, we're always hampered. It's like, well, I would go reach the world for Christ. I would change the entire world, except, one, it sounds like a lot of work. But two, uh, you, know, it's, you know, it's inconvenient. It's messing with my comfort zone. And so these guys, they said, well, we're already, we're already here. We might as well break through this guy's house. And No, that's not what they said. They said, we will do whatever it takes. They started to get really creative and said, God has called us on this mission to help our friend get healed. And so we're going to start getting creative. And so they thought, what can we do? We can't get through the door. These people are, there's too many people. And so that somehow they get up on the roof and they break through the roof and they lower him down. Right in front of Jesus. I can just, you know, isn't this, isn't this the greatest story? Like all of a sudden the, the roofs, you know, can you imagine the roof starts falling in? Jesus is preaching. He's like, you know, he was better than I was. He, he was unfazed. He just kept going. You know, I would have been like, what is going on? The roof is caving in. And then all of a sudden it's like this dude gets lowered down right in front of him. He's like, oh, thank you for my sermon illustration. Right? He doesn't see that. He just looks and he says, look what he says here. He says, friend, your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine not knowing that, you know, he thought he was going there for, for a healing. But the thing that was most broken in him was he had this horrible thought, maybe his whole life, maybe he was born paralyzed, and he thought, what have I done? You know, or maybe, you know, he was doing something stupid. He was sinning and fell off a ladder or something. I don't know how you can sin falling on, you know, climbing a ladder, but somebody can. Anyway, something in his heart was really broken, and Jesus addressed it right away and said, look at this. Okay, so let me go back. Let me go back 
to the four guys. Because to me, the story is about, about those guys, is that they had faith to see God do something in their life. And, you know, I was, I was thinking, you know, of our narratives. You know, I've been part of a lot of cool things uh, for God. Helped plant a few churches. I remember planting a, a, a church when, when I was in Bible college or helping a, a group of people plant a church there. Uh, it was the first meeting. It's like, we're starting a church. I'm like, cool. And I led worship at, at the first meeting. It was horrible, except God showed up. It, it, I mean, it was really di- like literally God showed up. It, it was a dynamic thing. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. And then, you know, later in our, in our lives, I, I remember uh, just a handful of people uh, over in Santa Cruz and, and our pastor said, you know, you guys should go plant a church. And so we're like, well, we don't even know what that entails. It doesn't matter. Just go somewhere and tell people about Jesus. And so we, we moved from Santa Cruz over to here and said, yeah, those, those people in the jungle of, San, of Silicon Valley, uh, they really need Jesus. And, 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 and Jesus did a lot of, a lot of ama- I mean, a lot of amazing stuff. We didn't know anything. We had no idea about anything. Now, we're like the four guys. They don't know anything. They don't know if G- what Jesus is going to do. All they did was say, we're going over there and we're going to see what Jesus does. You know? And then, you know, oh, 27 years ago, Somebody had the bright idea that maybe God would help us to start a school where we could educate kids in a Christian environment. And, uh, and then that all like happened. Because a few people grabbed something that wasn't moving and said, we're going to Jesus. Now, these are just small stories along the way. But when I think of these four guys, I'm thinking... It doesn't take many to start something crazy. And how do I know that? Because I've watched it happen over and over and over in my life. Now I'm getting older. And I'm going, maybe I can just relax. Maybe I can just finish up. You know, I can, I can just run that race, you know, in slow motion. Or I can live a life worthy of the calling I've received. You know, imagine Paul giving up at the end. He's like, man, I planted all these churches. Yeah, I got the gospel out there. It's pretty good. I think I'll just kick it here in Rome. You know, Rome sounds like a nice place. Of course, he was in prison. But anyway, (laughs) he wasn't finished. He's like, man, if I get a chance, I'm going there and there and there. And I'm not stopping. So why am I saying this? It's because when I read this, I'm just struck that every one of us has a possibility of, of doing something else for the Lord. Okay, so the story of faith. We all have the story of faith. And you guys could tell, I mean, I, I could tell your stories. I could tell stories. I could tell stories, recent stories. I could tell, tell a one-week story. Hector and Blanca started ushering this week for the first time. Yeah, so woo, woo, woo. I remember when we had only one person, well, two people, uh, to lead worship. And then Beth and Santiago said, I can do that. It's like I, I can express my faith, and next, next thing you know, I've, I've got Bianca and and Kendra, and next thing you know, we got a full band. We had nothing, right? Because somebody said, "Well, I don't, all I know is I can carry this uh, 
this, I, if I can carry this guy to here, then maybe Jesus will do something. And he always does. He always does. Okay. Is that encouraging? All right. So here's the second point. I'm getting there. He used a small group of friends to accomplish something big. And what this says to me, and, and it's really the essence of the gospel. And when we first started our church, we, the, the first thing we did really was, was we started organizing everybody in small groups, in, in small home groups. Uh, and we, we, it, it was something we used to say was like, we're, we're, a, we're a, a, a church of small groups, not, not, a small, not a church with small groups. And that went along pretty crazily for years. Uh, we, we had a lot of people in small groups, and so many people grew in their faith. Because when you're with just a small group of people, uh, you can accomplish way more than listen to me for half an hour. You know that. And, and it's, it's been in my heart to, it was like when the pandemic hit, I'm like, man, we should have had our small groups in order. We're in trouble. Uh, but then I, I've always, I've always, every time I pray about it, the Lord's like, it's okay. You know, my timing is good. But when I was reading this again this year, I'm like, this is a good year to, to make sure that everybody has a, a small group and that, uh, because, just being here on Sunday, and I know we, we break into little groups here when we're eating and stuff, um, but there's something about it, having a group of people that you can rely on for prayer, for care, and that somebody that you can call. Because if you try to get a hold of me, sometimes you don't get a hold of me. And we're like, great, you know, because I'm really not the central part of the, part of the church. You know that. You need four good friends. Uh, there's a verse in the Bible that says this, uh, something Solomon observed. He says, I observed... Another example of something meaningless under the sun. <laughs> Here's something meaningless. Uh, this is the, the case of a man who is all alone. Two people are better off than one, and they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other person can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. <laughs> a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. A triple braided cord is not easily broken. I know that I have a small group of people that I rely on regularly. Now, of course, God puts us in families, and that's a great place to start. Um, but for spiritual life, you need four friends. You need a small group. And so that's something that is on to, that I want to endeavor for us to experience this year. Um, if you're if you're not in a small group, I want us to figure out how we're going to do life in small groups this year. Now, why would I do that? Uh, because when we practice together, we grow. How many have made some commitment to the Lord that they haven't kept yet? Like last week, we're like, I'm going to spend time with God every day this week. How many missed that one? You know. But if you had a friend who called you every morning, said, Hey. We're reading this together, right? Then all of a sudden that happens. Or if you're going to meet them on Wednesday or Tuesday or Sunday night or something, you're like, how we, or Thursday, or Thursday, like you guys, then, then you already know that the work is, is halfway done. And there's something about the, it's not accountability, it's joy. 
to be able to share life together like that. Isn't it? Yeah, those who have experienced it or, or are experiencing it know how good that is. Um, so these, can you imagine if these four guys, this guy didn't know these four guys, and he's sitting there at home waiting for the football game, and he's like, Jesus in the town. <laughs> I know, I'm almost done, guys. I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you there before noon. <laughs> I, I know that's why I have your undivided attention. Uh, uh, but he didn't have these four guys. He's just there. Jesus comes to town, and he's still laying there the day after. But he had the four friends that said, man, we're going to get you to Jesus today. That's what, that's what really being part of a small group is all about. We're going to make sure that everybody gets to Jesus today. Okay. Um, last but not least, my last point is, is faith in action. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is this, is this verse that says, when Jesus saw their faith. I just love that. Verse 20. When Jesus saw their faith. He said, your friend, your friends, your sins are forgiven. There's something that happens when we express our faith in action that Jesus just loves to bless. And uh, we're always amazed. I mean, one of the cool things when, when we do like go, go on a mission, uh, we have no idea what's going to happen. We just get on a plane, we take some stuff, and we, we say, God, I wonder what you'll do this time. But everybody walks away a week later going, I can't believe all that God did in, in a week. It's because the secret to really to, to our faith is just going ahead and taking the step of faith. Because when you do that, all of a sudden God says, okay, he's healed, he's forgiven. He's, he, that stuff starts happening, and God accomplishes a lot. Now, I wanna, I'm going to end with a... A thought experiment. People use these things. But as I was in my quiet time going, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. I started to dream again for a minute. I'm like, okay, Lord, what, what could you still do with my life? How, how could I reach more people? How, how could, I, how could I, I, I help the world even? How can I change the world? How can I feed the poor? You know, there's still a lot of poor people out there. You know, they've, we've had this pandemic going for a couple of years. But every day before that and every day during it, 30,000 children died of starvation. I didn't see that on the, the ticker. I saw, oh yeah, 2,000 cases. I didn't see 30,000 dead children. Do you think for a minute that maybe what they're focusing on is different than what might be focused on? Do you think somebody's directing our eyes away from what we could actually be accomplishing rather than something else? Do you think we might be deceived or deluded? I think so. I think that, and that's, that's where the kingdom comes. Because when we stop and we say, okay, Lord, what is it that you could do in me? How could I help the poor? How could I see your kingdom come? Who needs my prayers? 
who needs my touch, then all of a sudden we're, our eyes are focused on Jesus again. So this is what I want us to do. We're going to close in prayer. And uh, this is your exercise for the week in your quiet times when you're spending time with the Lord. Say, Lord, is there someone I can partner with or maybe somebody I can just carry on my own that you want me to express my faith with? And uh, Lord, uh, we, just, we, we just now come to you right, right now. We're in your presence. And uh, we don't want to be just the, the Christians that show up and say, yes, Lord, and then don't, don't move. But like James says to us, that if we just do these things, it's of no value. And I, I pray, I, I know that the group here and the group watching is wanting their lives of faith to count. And so we pause for a moment and say, Lord, what would you drop in our heart? How could we change the world? Not in a big way. We don't, we don't necessarily have to start some big organization. Uh, maybe we take and carry one person to you. For that person, that was enough. But Lord, we just open our hearts and open our hands and say, use us for your glory. Lord, there's so much need out there, and you call us to that need. You, we are Jesus to those people, the people of the world. So accomplish your work, we pray, through us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and show us how we can make a difference in the lives of others around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so that's my prayer. I'm praying that for myself. I actually went really wide. <laughs> I'm like, oh boy. Because, you know, there's, there still is time to touch a lot of lives. You know that? And I think, uh, and, uh, I'm going to say goodbye to uh, our people that are hanging out online. Thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you, and have a great day, and we will talk to you guys uh, next time we meet. In Jesus' name. All right.